Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 60 of the On the Table Gaming podcast. And today we're going to be talking with uh, Carlo from A Song of Ice Fire Stats. But uh, Josh, before we do that, we got some we got some news, new Baratheon news here. Yeah, some exciting stuff. By the way, have we actually had 60 episodes. Is that, that uh... this is the 60th episode? <laughs> Holy smokes! It turns right. out for uh, I think the last two, I think your your mic was muted, but uh, well, ah, uh, okay. okay, that explains <laughs> a lot. Okay. We'll come back. So we got a problem. The Baratheons, they've been up in the in the the news tower with the crows, and I think the crows are dead, man. There's no more sound effects. So let's let's talk about the the news here, starting right. with Eldon Estermont. The uh, venerable knight, he's got loyalty, Renly Baratheon, and his ability Boo. is elderly caution. Boo! Oh, oh, yeah. geez. So elderly caution. Whenever, uh, whenever Eldron Eldon claims a zone on the tactics board, you may replace that zone's effect with draw three tactics cards, place one of those cards at the bottom of your tactics deck, and the rest in your hand. Three That's points. Awesome. That's three points. Yes. I think a lot of people have pointed out correctly that the Baratheons seem pretty reliant on their cards and having the right card at the right time. Uh, and so being able to just draw three deep into your deck, I mean, that's that's so good. Even though you do have to put one back, and you know, you can put that more situational card that might not come up for a while on the bottom. And in the meantime, you've got uh, you know, a great way to fill up your hand. Uh, and I think that's going to be for for veteran players. That's going to be such a powerful ability as you get more experience with the faction and you you know yeah. what you need when. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Three points. That's really good. Yeah, and in turn one, you know, you can just drop the. I mean, like you know, if it, a lot of people take tactic zone anyway uh, to draw two and and place a condition token. Right. This is almost as good as that effect on any zone that's open. So if you can't get the tactic zone, it's a great way to like just kind of expand your options right out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking, I know we, you know, there's a lot of talk about can you compare things cross faction? No, you know, no, but you know what? It's, it's it makes for a good podcast. It does. It, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and Bowen Marsh, the first steward for the Night's Watch, with his counts and measures, when Bowen claims a zone on the tactics board, you may look at the top two cards of your tactics deck and place one of those cards in your hand and the other at the bottom of your tactics deck. Um, man, those guys up at the wall, they got to take some tips from uh, Estermont here because, boy, that's good. Yeah, well, but Bowen is an and ability instead of an or ability, right? That's true. That is and, true. So, it, I mean, he definitely is. He's and he's also four points. Yep. Yeah, I, I think Bowen's ability is definitely better. This is I, this guy's great, and three point NCUs are always like you know you have to always take a hard look at them because there's not that many of them that run cheap that have like really spectacular abilities. I think this guy's really strong, but Bowen, yeah, his ability is just ludicrous. It's you know, there's but, no reason. But at not four to points, it. I feel like four points is. I mean, so Bowen, I'm like, is oftentimes I'm seeing he's. You know, kind of like an auto include in a lot of Night's Watch lists. Yeah, three a three point NCU though you can fit into way more lists. Totally. Uh, and you know, I, I don't know three tactics cards with the kind of tactics cards that the Baratheons have. Um, yes. Things like ours is the Fury after a friendly combat unit is attacked, but not destroyed with melee. They get a free attack targeting the attacker. I mean, pulling some cards out like that at the right moment that you you know oh great thanks you charged me with your targaryens uh, yeah like i'm gonna smack you for that and then next right. time i'm gonna activate and i'm gonna i'm gonna beat you down i don't know that he just seems he seems powerful and you know by you know turn two if you're playing against a super incompetent opponent uh you could draw a significant portion of your tactics deck into your hand yes 100 percent. 
Yeah, no, I, I think this guy's extremely strong. And I think, yeah, the Baratheons, because they rely so heavily on their ability to play tricks with their cards, to counter charge, to get extra attacks off of like units that have uh, been destroyed, uh, I think it's really important for them to have that full grip at all times. And this is a great way to just kind of keep that train going all the time. And then for our second um, NCU pairing that was revealed, uh, for those of you that are lamenting over the loss of a lady with Sansa and Lady, well, we do have a pair that did make it through the design process, and that is Cyrene and Selyse, uh, the Queen and Princess, and their loyalty mm. to Stannis Baratheon. Yep. And, of course, the, the title of the card, Sacrifice to the Flames. I see what you did there. Um, the influence is when influencing a unit that counts as a rollover unit, which is apparently going to be a new type of unit for the Baratheons, some sort of priestess, or maybe there'll be units that have that as like a uh, a tagline you um, have to assume that's going to be some sort of sub faction is like you know those the zealots like the religious faction within renly and i wonder how they'll like yeah within Stannis. i wonder how they'll like d- differentiate that from like you know will that be like another faith army sort of like uh the the the, the, the lannisters have yeah maybe i mean I could, they could play with like a sacrifice sort of theme Ooh, you know yeah. a fire oh. theme there's some pretty interesting ways that they could could go with that well either way each time that unit attacks after rolling attack die, it may suffer D3 wounds to deal that same amount of wounds to the defender. Mm-hmm. So you basically can hurt yourself to do damage to them. Yes. I mean, it is possible to attach that to an enemy unit as well. I, you know, I don't know if there's a reason for doing that because it's a May ability, so you don't have to use that effect. Uh, but if it ever becomes relevant to make another unit a roller unit, I mean, that's something that's possible. Um, but I, I think this is actually a really cool card. It's sort of underrated right now. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's a four point NCU, so it's a little more expensive, but D3 wounds is, is strong. Um, what's interesting to me is that Renly tends to have a lot more of the sort of, um, wound recovery abilities. And, uh, this is a Stannis only unit. But yeah. somebody pointed out in the uh, Discord channel, and I think it's a great idea, is you throw this in with uh, the Bastards girls, and then you influence them, because uh, then they get the D3 wounds on both attacks. So oh. theoretically, you've got your ranged attack, deal D3 wounds, and then uh, your uh, melee attack, D3 wounds. That's going to be two panic checks. <laughs> with that's wishes. amazing you know it's uh that's going to be a pretty gross attack i mean obviously you're taking a lot of wounds in response but as a unit that can just like kind of punch through a ton of damage uh, i think that's a good a good fit for them yeah i mean i guess you could also maybe put them in your storm Crow mercenaries as another neutral option for baratheons mm-hmm. in in that uh motivated by coin giving them in that extra attack you could use the melee attack zone. You could use the the wealth tactic zone to try and also get your hits. But oh, bastard girls! Well, that initial oomph is going to be that that's pretty tough. Right? To that was I think the one that sold the way to go. Yeah, yeah. The first time oh, I saw man. this, I was like, oh, maybe it's not that great. But then, yeah, I saw that and I was like, well, that's actually pretty awesome. Uh, you know, because there are abilities within Baratheon like Stag's Resilience to get wounds back, um, to restore wounds. It, it's interesting because unless we have more recovery, you have to be careful about using that ability. So that being said, you know, I think these are two great new NCUs. They're exciting. I think yes. the Baratheon faction, um, you know, the Targaryens have come out and Baratheons have yet to really receive any other new units. And I think the heroes boxes are going to be huge. And I think they are needed. Uh, I don't think Baratheons, it's not a bad faction. It's not, there's the balance. In fact, might be like 
too on point. It's like so perfectly balanced. Mm-hmm. I just think we need more units. And yeah. that's coming out down the line. You know, once again, it's one of those like it can't get here soon enough things. But, you know, everything that's been coming out recently has been amazing. Stormcrow Mercenaries. We've got the Free Folk Skin Changers just coming out on our doorstep today. Yep. You know, the Targaryens look great. So it's this is kind of all reassuring. And I, I know maybe now we're about 60 episodes in, but there was a time when we would talk about A Song of Ice and Fire and there was like a little bit of trepidation about, you know, where's this game going or is it going to be around? I think we can probably say that we're past that point. We are, yeah. this game is a force. Yeah, you can see people are really like just hungering for the new the new releases. You know, you go to like Miniature Market after they release and they're sold out instantly. I mean, that's yeah. that's all good stuff. That's all means the game is healthy and proceeding in a nice direction. I mean, I would like it to get to the point where we have, you know, um, availability regardless and people can get to you know the stuff that they want to buy uh nice and early but um you know it is what it is right and i think uh being a victim of your own success is not a bad thing if people are wanting to buy the buy the stuff and and can buy it then that's that's really what's most important right we've moved from distribution problems to now oh man people are buying everything it's too popular yeah Um, but, but I mean, good, good lots of game systems have had that problem. Yeah. You know, X-Wing was like that. Magic is like that. You know, there's always like going to be that. Like if something's like, you know, the, the new hotness, then people are going <laughs> to jump all over it. I will say about Baratheons as a faction, I mean, even though they have sort of, you know, limited number of combat unit options, the fact that neutral has expanded so much as a faction has really, I mean, if you need to stretch out in a different direction, there's tons of different choices now within neutrals to kind of fill out the sort of deficiencies within Baratheon. So, uh, you know, if you want to look around, you've got flayed men, you've got cutthroats, you've got storm crows. So you've got a lot of new stuff that you can throw into the army to kind of, you know, plug in the gaps while you're waiting for more units to come. And, uh, you know, that being said, we're going to have Carlo on now and, uh, and I'll sit down and talk with him. He's running a song of ice and fire stats, a website where they're going to try and track data and uh, so I'm excited to talk to him about, you know, as this game's exploding, how can we how can we track more of this data? So, uh, Carlo, welcome to the show. Hi, Chase. Thanks for having me on. Man, so uh, I'm excited to talk about what you're doing here with your website, a song of ice and fire stats.com. Before we get into this, I, I always lead in with this question. Um, you know, what's your gaming background? How did you end up playing a song of ice and fire? And not only that, but going on to build this cool stats tracker site. So how did you get into gaming initially? Well, I've been gaming for a long time. Um, I first started playing uh, Games Workshop games, uh, Warhammer 40k, uh, when I was about 12 years old. And uh, I played that um, and then into Warhammer Fantasy for all of my teens. Um, that's uh, going on 20 years ago now, so it's been a while. Um, but um, I guess at some point, um, I started to lose my my love of warhammer and kind of games workshop they 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 lost me along the way you know they did some things on sometimes there's just one too many edition changes one too many <laughs> I, I hear you one too many rule changes and and they really lost me when um when the story started to change when they started to change everything about what the company was where the background was and um and uh me and my gaming group all just kind of uh, parted ways with it. So uh, that was um, some years ago, maybe three, four years ago. And uh, for a while, I was uh, I was lost. Uh, we were we were wandering uh, in uh, the proverbial desert, um, <laughs> playing um, 
playing some board games. Um, some of the some of the big names out there. We played um, Gloomhaven for quite a while. Uh, you know, Scythe. A lot, a lot of the big names. But for me, it's always been uh, a complete hobby. Um, uh, I like to uh, paint and build as well as play. And I also like uh, I, I like the competitive side of things. So when um, when the Kickstarter came along. Um, we backed that between me and a few friends, and um, we, we we got the game. We we played it a little, and uh, and we liked it. It was good, but it didn't really take off until um, more factions started to come along. More recently, in the last year or so, as as the factions have started to round out, and everybody in the gaming group can get themselves some retail models. That's when things have really started to take off in uh, in my kind of area, and. Um, I've just been slowly nose diving heavily into uh, <laughs> in, into the game. So you're saying your area now, I live in the United States in Connecticut between New York and Boston. And I can't help but notice that uh, you don't sound like someone from New York or Boston. So where, where in the world are you? That's true. Uh, I'm in the UK in uh, in the northeast of England. Oh, um, so that's I live, in, my, I, in my mind, that's like everyone lives in castles and they all play games, workshop games then. Well, like the Holy Grail, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, funnily <laughs> enough, I am from a small little city called Durham, um, and we do have a castle. And, uh, <laughs> Confirmation and <it> bias. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so what can I say about Durham? Uh, there's, uh, there's a university, a prison, and a castle, and that, that's about all that there is here. Um <laughs> So we uh, we, we like growing to play a games. song of ice and fire community. That's that's yes. the key piece. There. We're trying we're trying to grow. Uh, it's not many players, but um, there are it, the UK is small, so there are players um, in and around in other cities and areas that aren't too far away. And not until I really started to get involved in the Facebook groups kind of things and uh, really look at what's out there, did I find that there are more players than I thought, and it's really. I'm, I'm really trying to get out there and meet more players and play more players, but it, it's a slow process in the UK. There's no real um, kind of constructed um, competitive scene at the moment or anything like that, which is partly uh, what I was kind of grasping for when uh, when I started to work on uh, the on the site. That, that that that's what I that's what I want to exist. I want there to be a real yeah. place for us to uh, come together and find each other. Absolutely, and I so. Let's talk a little about what you're doing here as your project then. So um, you have this website, a song of ice and fire stats.com. And uh, you know, what is this? What do we need to know? Well, I, uh, so my uh, professional background is uh, I'm i I'm basically a data scientist. I'm i I'm a statistician. Um, and I, um, I read a lot on the Facebook groups about, this or that being good, great, terrible, not worth using. And I'm always thinking, that's just your opinion. <laughs> so for me, uh, I've always thought that statistics don't lie. And, um, and that's what I like to look at. And that's what I like to know. As well, I play a lot of, uh, I play a lot of computer games, a lot of, um, a lot of competitive games online. And they are all always backed up by huge amounts of data statistics on what is doing well. So there, there is a real way to learn the game without actually playing the game. And I think that that is lacking from a lot of uh, tabletop games in general. 
partly because it's very difficult for you to get the data. Um, the the data for online games um, is just generated every time you play, but right. for a tabletop game, you gotta you gotta go out there and collect this data before it's available to anybody. And and when we when we can, if we can, if we can do that, then we can start to see a much better picture of uh, where uh, where the game's at, and it can help us understand things about the game that we didn't know because maybe you've never actually particularly found a brilliant free folk for example player to play against so you assume that free folk are a bad faction but mm. if the large statistics that you can collect show that actually they're not bad then maybe you'll start to readdress the way you think about them absolutely i think that's so important because uh you know we've seen this since the start of the kickstarter where there were different metas that were reporting different findings where they're saying you know listen here it's starks destroy everybody and here lannisters destroy everybody but if we can start to put that together and get like a kind of a, a broader global sweep maybe there's something we can actually extract from that in regards to commanders or units or balance so so go ahead exactly yes yeah. so uh so what the system that i've built what it tries to do is um it it uses, I mean, for anybody who's into statistics or uh, kind of uh, ranking algorithms, um, it's kind of a modified ELO system, if anybody knows of that, um, which basically what it's going to do is it's going to look at the rating of the two players and it's going to decide what the uh, what it predicts the chance each player has of winning. Then when you tell it what the actual result was, it's going to update each player's ranking based on how likely or unlikely it thinks that event was. What I also added into that was uh, it also considers how powerful it believes each faction is, as well as how good it believes each player is. So when it decides, uh, you, for example, Chase, you're playing Free Folk, and I'm playing Lannisters, and we play each other, it decides how strong I as a Lannister player and you as a Free Folk player are, and then decides how likely it is. Oh, interesting. By uh, by collecting data from across lots of players, ideally the the system it wants to see lots of different players play each faction, and if possible, lots of players playing multiple factions themselves, and that allows the system to separate how powerful a faction is from how good the players that are playing it are, and also how good the players are irrespective of what faction they play, and this allows us to kind of see how good the factions are, not just because a particular player is doing very well with it, you can say, Night's Watch, they won X tournament, but is that because the best player was playing Night's Watch, or is it because Night's Watch are too powerful in themselves? Okay, That's so what the can, ultimate goal is. So it can control for independent variable, because something I wonder about, not to throw myself under the bus here, but uh, I've been talking about this somewhat recently, where I was, I'm committed to, to figuring out how to play Styre, the Free Folk Commander. And so I... I came up with some lists and I threw them into some games with not that much practice uh, and some competitive metas. And so I, I went on a losing streak with Steyr. Would that data then skew the system though? In the short term, yes, it, without a doubt. That would, uh, you know, if there aren't many results, that would say, that would tell you that Steyr is not a strong commander. Um, but as the data, the, the more data there is, like when those eight results become a very small part of 1000 submissions yeah. from players throughout the gotcha. world, then no, almost nothing's going to happen. It's barely going to touch the water. So when, but, 
someone rusty from San Antonio who's been killing it as Steyer and has inspired me to try and learn him. He'll, he'll balance me out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And what it will say is, unfortunately, it will say that Steyer is quite good or maybe Steyer is balanced, but it will say, Chase, you're not that good, but Rusty <laughs> is good. And it will that separate you two away from each other and it will keep Steyer somewhere in the middle. Okay, well, that that is helpful to know there. Speaking um, of which, uh, I, I got pretty slaughtered by a stylist just last night so uh oh, you know what? yeah okay <laughs> can we dish out of it what was what was he running there uh oh uh okay so it it's a r- relatively um common matchup for me against one of uh, my uh, best opponents uh, he's very experienced with free folk but uh, it was the first time he'd ever run Steyr. We both think that he's a very, very strong NCU. So he's been overlooked as a commander for quite a while right. in our kind of area. So, uh, but uh, off the top of my head, uh, he played um, two units of um, of savages. Okay, one with Steyr and one with the um, one with the is he the chosen of Steyr? Yep. Uh, the uh, the attachment. Um, he had a pair of trappers and thens, so that's relatively a standard setup for him. And then throw in some raiders uh, to choice, maybe two units, could have been four. I think it's two. Um, and uh, low on the NCU side, he he played Mance and uh, and he played Val. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good combo. Um, it was uh, it was it was odd actually. We uh, it was an odd game because. I would say the meta in our area is very much a three NCU kind of kind of deal for a lot of people and we actually both bought two ncus that day and uh and i think he definitely got the better of me on the board um i brought uh for the first time i bought the uh 1.5 changes to uh warrior sons oh yeah what'd you with, think of that we're well with the champion of the faith in there it was a nine point investment <laughs> it, it was it was gonna be a big heavy hitter and they were pretty much entirely shut down by Mance the entire game. Oh. They they very quickly had three uh, had three tokens on them, and they mm. had no abilities, and they were back to being relatively lackluster. Uh, but that's pretty much fair play to my opponent there, who uh, you know he he had he had control of the of the board in a way that I didn't like, uh, and uh, and 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 he he used Mance to great effect. Well. To that end, then he'll be balancing out my Steyr play. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this is amazing. So how one of the problems then right now then is that you're, you're kind of mentioning is the data pools are, if they're small, the data is maybe less useful, where the more information you have, the more valuable the results are. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, I mean, the more data we get, the more interesting things that we can look at. Uh, I mean... When you start to look at somebody's win rate, uh, it doesn't mean a lot if you're talking about a 60% win rate, which is three games out of five. But mm-hmm. it means a lot if you can say that that's, you know, 60 wins out of 100. Right. Um, also, um, generally, when the data pool is small, particularly when the player pool is small, it will be skewed still largely by the quality of the players who are playing given, given factions. So in my uh, in, in the last set of testing I did um, in 1.4, where I had three groups playing, um, so, some in the US, some in Singapore, and uh, my own group in the UK, um, we still only had one regular free folk player. Oh, so that's a lot. So 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 in that case, in that case, the 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 rating of the free folk as a faction is 
entirely intertwined with his rating as a player. Mm. They they are one and the same thing, effectively. Um, so that's where things get, um, you know, that that that's where the statistics fall down. And and once we start to look at like having five, ten, hundreds of people playing every faction, that's when we can start to like pull them apart and show that this faction is good irrespective of who plays it or this faction is always weak interesting okay is there a way to parse out different commanders and information like that so when we do the calculations um i draw in the players ranking and the factions ranking and when i calculate the result i update the players ranking and the faction ranking but i also update the commander's ranking so that means that i'm ranking the commanders but i'm not using it to work out the win chance of that player so it will rank factions players and commanders but it only really considers the player and the faction because i don't want to get too much into you know trying to predict every single part of what makes a faction powerful but really as well as the faction uh, ranking itself which is calculated we just are looking to collect statistics in general, and we can start to do interesting things with those. We can start to look at win percentages. Irrespective of the of, of the ranking number, we can start to look at some interesting stuff. Absolutely. So where do you see this kind of project growing? I would say ideally. I mean, for me, the perfect world would be that we could draw in the army list that both players used for every game the commander and the game mode. And we could look once we had large enough data sets at not just which commander is powerful, which faction is powerful, but we could look at what units are performing the best and even very, very tightly looked at things like what faction with what, sorry, what unit with a particular attachment is winning the most. Are Mm -hmm. there certain combos that are too powerful? And we can start to use this to help people build army lists. We can talk about what the win rates are. You could you could look at what is the win rate of a Lannister army which runs two units of warrior sons. For example, if that's the core of your list, what's your chances of winning? But that really now requires us to have huge amounts of data. Right. Also, I'm I'm hesitant to jump in that far. Because currently, as it is, that requires each player to submit their entire army list. And at the moment, I've decided that the amount that I can get a person to uh, submit is roughly around what the game was, what the game mode was, what the factions and commanders were, and what the score was. And that will get us quite away. And until we have huge amounts of submissions, a lot of people using it, then like going down into the detail of every single unit is 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 wasted time i think for now well we'll have to see if we can get some collaboration going too with uh i'll put you in touch with yano one of our coders from the table gaming we were trying to initially do something similar but we had that same problem and we started getting bogged down and our tracker ended up becoming a platform for tos to then submit uh, so what, what ended up happening is that we'd have someone like carl kirstein runs an event he's got 30 people he'd be running around trying to grab their handwritten sheets and then send us photos or typed up versions of them. And it was difficult to get all the data in, uh, you know, a feasible manner and a palatable set of information that we could use. So we tried to make a platform where people could then auto generate lists and they would like manage it for the TO. 
with the idea of having it back end into kind of what you're doing. So I'm wondering if we can find a way to kind of uh, toss some of that stuff to you and maybe that'll help get more info uh, down the line as like a long-term goal um, to streamline the process of submitting that. Yeah, I'm finding um, so far uh, it's been uh, more difficult than I anticipated uh, to get people to want to sign up themselves and, oh, uh, and submit these <laughs> results, you know? So yeah. I think... Um, it really relies on the person who who wants this to exist to convince the people around them that this is something that everybody will benefit from. So obviously pushing the site helps and stuff like that. But as like you say, if you can provide somebody like a tournament organizer with things that they want, then you know that's how we'll help to get everything out there. That's how we'll help to um, really make these things work because it needs that mass of people to use it before everybody starts to gain information back. You know, for now, it seems like only the people who are most into the competitive side of things are interested in these statistics. But really, they are eventually going to be a really brilliant learning tool for new players. Yeah. But at the moment, it presumably seems a bit intimidating to a new player. Maybe they think, I don't play competitively. But the system will learn. That's the whole point. The system learns every time it gets new results. And that's what it wants. It just wants more data all the time. And that will help give back. But like I say, it's got to provide something for the players before they 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 start to see the benefit. So it's a bit catch-22. But uh, yeah, if we can get that initial data set, get that initial set of um, information that gets people interested, then hopefully it will snowball from there. But you know, if, if you're interested, then Absolutely. if you get everybody else interested, then yeah. that's that's how things will get going. So we've got you plugged in now onto the On the Table Discord. So you'll be in here with all the other tournament organizers and a lot of the Song of Us Fire content creators. But if someone's listening and they want to help out as well, they want to jump in and start trying to submit their information, how do they do that? Well, um, the site, hopefully you'll be able to put a link up to that. Um, yep. But all you need to do is go onto the site and uh, create yourself a profile. As soon as you do that, you'll um, you'll you'll exist in the ranking structure there. Um, that's all done for you automatically. And then as soon as you start to submit results, I've uh, just recently added um, allowing players to submit unranked results if their opponent isn't on the list because the the current ranking system requires both players to be ranked and have profiles for you to submit a result but an unranked result doesn't consider who the players are so that will just help provide statistics but it's not really helping the system to learn and improve in the way that it's supposed to so ideally not only will the person who's submitting the information make a profile but the person they're playing with will make one as well exactly so if you can convince um your opponent to uh, mm -hmm. to sign up to then you can start to uh, you can start to see how, how you compare over in the long term against the players in your local area um you can see how you compare against the players you play against regularly and uh, if everybody can get the people that they play with to sign up then suddenly we'll have the amount of people and submissions that really start to do useful things that's awesome. And, you know, in the time we've been talking, I could go on, I just made a profile. It's really easy to do that. And so head on over to a song of ice and fire. So A S O I A F. If you played this game, you know, the acronym pretty well by now, but so the acronym of song of ice and fire dash stats.com. And, uh, 
you can start dumping the information. Now, down the line, will that also be a place where we can see results and, you know, pie graphs and charts displayed as well? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a self-taught developer and um, this is uh, something of a learning process for me. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm constantly updating the site, but um, I've taken a bit of a break over the Christmas since launching it, but I'm back to uh, developing it as much as I can now. And, um, and yeah, the, the, I have really big plans for what we can do. Uh, it, it's very much a passion kind of project for me. I'm mm -hmm. very interested in what we can achieve, but it's, it, it's that, uh, the more people submit results, the more feedback I get, the more people ask for things. If you, if anybody out there wants to see something particular, I, um, I, I've recently added the, um, the unranked results because that's what people wanted. Um, that wasn't the way I saw the, the submissions going, but I had a lot of requests for that. So that that's been added as the most recent feature. And that's if awesome. people want to see things, then I'll work out how to make it, you know? That's absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's what's cool about this game too, is there's, you know, a lot of us out there that, you know, you get inspired and you want to bring the thing that you're passionate about to the game and it's really it's really awesome that you're doing this and i'm excited to help support you in in developing this site and uh you know if you're listening go check it out a song of ice and fire stats dash stats.com and uh pop in there make a profile and you start playing some games at your local store the next event that comes up see if you can get everybody to get in there ranked and take a second at the end of the games to to drop in your information and and uh, an update everything. So the um, most people who've come to me, they seem to want to submit uh, large data sets from their tournaments. And obviously that's really, really brilliant for how much data we can get. But for me, I wanna see every single result that people play, everything from the casual to the highly competitive tournament. Cause that's how we start to see the full spectrum of how good these lists are, how good these commanders are, because there are a lot of commanders out there, a lot of lists, a lot of factions who don't see a lot of play in the very competitive side of, 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 of the game. And that to build up the statistics on those kind of, those kind of factions, those kind of commanders to understand if they are actually bad, because they're not seen in the tournaments, or if actually maybe they're just underrepresented and they're surprisingly good, then to get that, we need to see all your local club games, all your casual games, all your competitive games. And when we bring it all together, the system and the ranking system will help to separate out what, what's really the cream of the crop and what's you know underperforming badly. This is awesome. I'm excited. Uh, and I can't wait to see, you know, what some of this data, uh, data starts to, to bear out. And it's gonna be fun to, to engage in more discussion based on, you know, actual data about how things are doing. Yeah, that's it. I want to make it available to everybody so that they can see both what is doing well across the whole world, but what's doing well for them too. So a person can look at their own profile because we all remember those individual occasions when we got a great win or that one time that we lost really badly. But actually over the long term, the statistics will tell you what, what you're good with and what other people are good with and what you should look out for. I'd be really interested to know in terms of what, what, what my best matchups are in terms of factions and which factions I should really look at trying to learn to beat which ones are my best and which ones are my worst and, and which ones I should be considering, you know, come a tournament, should I be thinking, I need to build to be able to play against free folk because they're my worst matchup at the moment. Or should I be thinking, okay, I'm going to really double down on what I'm good at because I know that I do well in all of these.
So that's right. the kind of thing that I want to provide to all the players. So when you give to the site by giving submissions, hopefully I can give something back and you can really learn something. Absolutely amazing. Well, Carlo, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how a song of ice and fire stats, uh, com kind of explodes here. I'm hoping we get to a lot of people over there checking it out. And if they have feedback, if they have suggestions, how can they, how can they reach out to you? Um, well, I'm pretty active on the uh, on the main Facebook groups. So uh, if you uh, contact me directly, then um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll put I'll plug the site again a few times, and uh, any replies to that are pretty easy for me to get on. And I'm very open to hearing what people think of the site. You know, even if it's a bug, even if you say this is broken, then I'll I'll get on it straight away and look for that. <laughs> so uh, Facebook's probably the main way. Perfect. And then we'll see if we can get um, an article out on onthetablegaming.com. Stay tuned for that. And you can check out some of the information that he's already been able to glean from the data that he's been provided with. So the more information you get him, the better the site's going to be. And the more interesting stuff we'll be able to discuss and, and play with here and, and use to make informed decisions when maybe list building or planning for our games. So, Carlo, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Jace. It's been brilliant. Um, just say, you know, I love all the work you're doing. I love the podcast <laughs> and uh, keep it up because uh, it's it's really inspired me to, you know, build things of my own. And I think, you know, what you do is brilliant. Wow. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that means a lot. Uh, and in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>